0: Louisiana Eats is brought to you with support from Louisiana Fish Fry, a staple of Louisiana kitchens for nearly 40 years, maker of batters, coatings, boils, tartar sauce, cocktail sauce, and more. Dig into homemade Louisiana flavor. From our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, this is Louisiana Eats. I'm Poppy Tooker. I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Isn't that just the truth? If you're a lover of the frozen confection as I am, this week's show is especially for you. We're taking a deep dive into the ice cream underground to uncover the magicians who are taking America's favorite dessert to new heights right here in Louisiana. We begin with Sam Caruso of Lousy Ice Cream to learn the triumphant recovery story behind his spinning ice cream maker. And then we'll meet Jillian Duran of House who uses her fine pastry-making skills to create both ice creams and ice cream cakes like nothing you've ever seen. Be forewarned, you won't be able to tear yourself away from her Instagram. And finally, we get hoodooed by a trip across Lake Pontchartrain to meet Billy Susky and George Schenck who are making magic at Hoodoo Ice Cream in downtown Covington. So get a spoon, a big spoon, and get ready for some chili deliciousness on this week's Louisiana Eats. There's a line of small-batch ice cream that's causing a stir with handmade, unconventional flavors. Sold by the Quart, customers can get flavors with names like Peanut Butter Lover's Lane, Strawberry Briefcase, and Robert De Niro, each filled to the brim with premium toppings and mix-ins. Behind this operation is one man who has overcome a host of challenges to create a whole new future for himself.
1: My name is Sam Caruso of Lousy Ice Cream.
0: Of course, Sam's ice cream is anything but Lousy.
1: It's spelled L-A-O-Z-I and pronounced Lousy L-O-U-S-Y. The
0: name actually came from Sam misquoting the Chinese philosopher Sun
1: Tzu. It did. It came from the art of war. So Sun Tzu, the art of war, quote. Victory comes from finding opportunities and problems.
0: The quote spoke to him. And sure enough, after dealing with past struggles with addiction, a 2019 bike accident, and a pandemic, Sam has now found a sweet opportunity with lousy ice cream. Louisiana Eats joined Sam at his mid-city workspace, located in the back of Blue Dot Donuts, to learn more.
1: So I always say that um, I'm gonna write a book one day because the story goes so far back from, I remember being in the kitchen as a teenager, I always loved food, and uh, I always said, I wanna open my own restaurant. Well. That was never able to be a reality for me. Uh, yeah, I come, uh, I come from a dark past, dark background. I was, uh, I'm, I'm an addict alcoholic. Uh, I was an IV heroin user for 17 years. I uh, was homeless, in and out of jails, treatment centers my whole entire life. That's what my life was. I uh, couldn't keep a job longer than six months. It was ups and downs and ups and downs. Do start doing okay and fall off. In 2017, I was actually homeless, had nowhere to go. I had been to detoxes, I had been to River Oaks Hospital twice. I remember in 2017, uh, July, I uh, got out and I just couldn't fight. It, it just, might, it wouldn't shut off in my head, and I thought my destiny was to just go out and maybe somebody could benefit from uh, my my unfortunate situation, but. um in October, I decided to go back, give it another shot uh, and uh, went to detox and then I went to treatment again. And uh, um, I got out, that's when something had changed for me. Uh, uh, I, I came back home to New Orleans and uh, I just had a different mindset, a light bulb, the proverbial light bulb went off in my head. While um, headed up to treatment. I was like, when I get home, it's gonna do anything. I'll do anything. And this, And I remember having that thought, I always envy people who are creative. I never did I think I was, um, and when I got sober, I started doing things like, I started taking piano classes at Delgado, I was taking drawing, painting. Um, went to culinary school, I dropped out. Um, I realized it, well, it, it wasn't for me, um, but all these things, I found myself dragging tree trunks and old wood tables out of the trash, and I was waiting tables, and. When people at the restaurant were going out after work to the bars, I would go home and uh, sit on my open up cardboard and sit on my floor and put a movie on and a music and start painting crap that I found in trash, <laughs> like wooden tables that people threw away, and that's what I would do. So it was a dark past, and uh, I came out of it some kind of way.
0: So back in the restaurants, when you were working in the restaurants, you kind of got a fascination with the ice cream machine, didn't you?
1: Right. So this is when I got sober. It was a second job I had in sobriety for me and I was working uptown waiting tables and they made, they did their own dessert menu. They had a little uh, ice cream machine. And it was funny. I would get to work early and every day I'd get in there and like, what are you doing today? What happens when you do this? What happens? It was intriguing. I I was interested in in the whole process and it wasn't like, oh, I want to do this. But uh, I decided I ate ice cream every day. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get my own ice cream machine. So that's when I got a little $200 ice cream machine and uh, played around with it and put it down, didn't mess with it for a while. And so that's, that's how that came about. It was intriguing to me.
0: So Sam, it's pretty amazing the way ice cream threw you a lifeline and kind of saved your life.
1: Yeah, like I say, it happened organically. I have no idea how it happened. I have, a, I mean, an idea, but it, it's, it, it, it did. Um, In summer of 2019, I got hit by a car in Puerto Rico, was almost killed in a car accident on a bicycle. And um, I was out of work. I was waiting tables before I went on vacation and they told me that they would hold my job, but I wasn't healing, it was taking the doctors, kind of misdiagnosed the breaks and stuff like that. So it took a good while to heal. And uh, it got to be late October, 2019, when um, my job ultimately was like, hey, we can't hold your position anymore. And I remember I was really upset uh, when they told me that I liked working there. I had been there for a little while. It was kind of like family, me and the rest of the servers and and the crew. And um, I got kind of depressed. I was watching TV in my bed for like two days straight. And uh, the light bulb went off. I was like, maybe maybe I can learn how to make ice cream with the machine that I have in the kitchen and try to sell quarts for like $10 to like neighbors and friends just to get some cash coming in. And... um, I couldn't get the quality where I wanted with that machine. and It wasn't necessarily with the flavors or anything, but I couldn't, the texture, texturally speaking, I couldn't get it. And so I did some research, like, man, what's going on with this? Like, So um, I did some research, some reading up on it, behind the science of it, and I realized it was not gonna happen with that $200 machine. So I started looking at all the machines and the machine that I kind of set my eyes on, was it was 1,300 bucks. I wasn't working, obviously that idea goes on the back burner so um i had a friend over at killer poor boys camille boudreau he knew my foot and uh, was still messed up and i was in pain he's like hey i'll let you come work the counter pick your hours just so you can get some money and i did that for two months and uh very appreciative to him for that uh but working for those two months uh i realized that um it was just kind of soul crushing um i went into work with my head down every day and realized man i can't uh it was difficult being out of work so long. And I was doing a lot of service work and volunteer work. 2019, I got hit by the car. However, it turned out uh, it was the best, really the best year of my life, I think. So 2020, March comes. Camille calls me up, 7.30 in the morning. Hey, we got to lay everybody off at the shop. Just when the start of the pandemic was kind of happening. And uh, I didn't have no idea really what was going on. He called in later, so I said he was laying everybody off. And in my heart, I was like, yes, um, that same day, and this is funny, I was sitting on my porch reading uh, something with a friend of mine, and uh, a couple hours later, my tax return, uh, uh, tax money came in, and I owed the government $900 more, but my tax return check was $2,200, Nine out of 22 is $1,300. I didn't know what was going on with the pandemic. I thought, uh, oh, is the government gonna have to like drop off groceries? Are we gonna be stuck inside? I had no idea. So I was like, well, if I'm gonna be stuck in the house, then I'm just gonna buy this ice cream machine and try to have something to do, a hobby at that third. So I bought the $1,300 machine and uh, was amazed at the jump in, in, in quality, uh, you know, from a textual standpoint
0: thing that I think you did from the very start that sets your ice cream apart is you may be a culinary school dropout but you learned how to make custard in culinary school what's the secret to the custard
1: to be honest I didn't learn a lot in culinary school but uh oh uh, it's my own fault but um So I learned how to make a custard with the sugar and the milk and the cream. And uh, it was just something, just a process that was one of the things like doing that. It just kind of stuck in my head and I had heard of frozen custard before. Uh, I knew how to make a creme anglaise or custard. And uh, I also started making regular, so you have your French style ice cream or your custards and you have your Philly style ice cream or, or American style ice cream. Um, which doesn't incorporate the egg yolks, and so uh, I did both of them. Uh, I did the thing with the uh, no with the no egg yolks. We get um, uh, milk powder, dry milk powder, and stuff like that, and they were both good. um The American style was great, uh, but I started with the custard, and so like once I started that, I tried the other way and trying to go back. It was like there's no way I could do this. Uh, the custard's more dense. It's, more flavorful it's like velvet it's just i mean it's uh i just couldn't go back to me the quality the custard quality superseded the uh uh, the american style ice cream i just couldn't go back i didn't know what i was doing but you know just this this energy was bursting out of me and the ice cream thing it it found me and really now it's like i don't know where it's going but uh i just follow it Uh, i get up in the morning and go and make make it and uh, it just kind of takes me wherever the hell it wants to take me, and uh, it's exciting. It's, it's 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 pretty exciting.
0: Coming up next, our conversation with Sam Caruso of Lousy Ice Cream continues as we learn about the deliciously inventive panoply of flavors he's spinning every week. Louisiana Eats returns after the break. tooker and you're listening to louisiana eats edible content for louisiana food lovers louisiana eats is brought to you with major support from camellia brand beans done right a new orleans tradition since 1923 from rouse's markets synonymous with seafood straight from louisiana's waterways rouse's markets tastes like home and from Crystal Hot Sauce, made with three simple ingredients aged red cayenne peppers, distilled white vinegar, and salt. Nothing artificial. Crystal Hot Sauce, how New Orleans does flavor. Just joining us, we've been speaking with Sam Caruso of Lousy Ice Cream in New Orleans. Following a bike accident and the loss of his service industry job in 2020, the recovering addict found himself in his home kitchen experimenting with a much nicer ice cream maker than he'd previously worked with. Now, Sam could try his hand at more nuanced flavors, creating ice creams that were custard-based, French-style, with egg. Sam walked us through how he went from this trial phase to where he is today, running a successful pop-up and spinning fresh flavors out of Blue Dot Donuts, where
1: we spoke. How it all happened, I'm still actually shocking. Oh, I mean, I'm still wondering what the hell is going on, to be honest with you. But it was funny. I was so excited about how much different the new machine, how much how different the quality was. I was like, you know, I was amazed. It wasn't what I was doing. You know, I kind of had a knack for it. What I was doing it was just the machine. So I, I, I liked the quality and I felt confident with actually selling it to people. So I was, I was like, I'm going to turn my Instagram into a business. I had less than 100 followers when I did this. And so I turned the Instagram into a business page and uh, people started calling me that I didn't know. And um you know, neighbors started kind of spreading the word. I was selling to friends and neighbors, and it just happened, it took off so fast. I remember in the beginning, you know, I always, it started with the quarts because the quart containers are having family meal at the restaurant. I would take leftover food in the quart containers, clean them out, and I had a stacks of quart uh, containers, and that's how that started. Um, so, and I still sell in quart containers. Obviously now I buy quarts uh, by a thousands but also another reason I, I stuck with it, I hand draw all my lids, literally hand draw everyone. And uh, I experimented with stickers. I designed stickers and, and did that for a moment. And I realized it took just as much time to go peel a sticker and then go back and write the name. So I'm, I'm still working on some, some different techniques, uh, but um, I hand do all lids. And if I did pints, then that would be twice as many lids <laughs> to do, right? So Jesus, um, I couldn't even imagine.
0: What's your production level up to?
1: Production level, yeah, I mean I started I remember probably try, probably making like twenty five quarts a week. Now I do I do over two hundred quarts a week. I remember when I did the king cake when for Mardi Gras I did two hundred and forty quarts and it sold out an hour. That's sixty gallons ice cream. It's not always like that. Um, I like to play around and do weird stuff. um, But I don't have the space where I'm at right now. Very limited freezer space. Very limited in a lot of things that I do. So when I make stuff, usually I generally make it to sell. I kind of at this point learned what people like. And uh, although I want to go and do, you know, things uh, with peppers in them and do all kind of weird stuff, you know, have a lot of ideas. I'm kind of limited right now once I get my own. If I get my own, when I get my own storefront, then I'll be able to play around more because I have the space and be able to keep it in the freezer. But right now, I make things I make things to sell. I had a dream this morning, or a half dream, um, of, uh, of something with lemon that I'm doing, lemon and condensed milk that I'm doing right now. So um, the, the inspiration, it can come from anywhere. I can go eat a pizza and be like, mm, can, uh, basil, custard with, uh, Candy sun-dried tomatoes and uh, mascarpone, you know, to, it doesn't, uh, so yeah. But, and know, I, I want to do that and do things like that, but I just need my own storefront first.
0: Through uh, necessity or perhaps some design, you've added sort of this uh, underground element to lousy ice cream.
1: Somebody called me, uh, a lady called me one time to, she does uh, like a uh, teach some kind of business thing, and she was asking me about it. I said, if you want a model to show students of how not to do something, then I'm your guy. Uh, so when you look at my page all throughout the week, I am posting pictures and videos because I am excited about what I'm doing, um, and I like taking pictures, and it's fun. And uh, I like to share this with people it's pictures of what I'm making. You can't ask me what i'm making because i don't even know yet half the time i just know the stuff that i'm doing um and i take pictures and a lot of people like oh can i order i used to do the thing where i would take pre-orders it can't work anymore um it's just too many people and uh, i can't keep up with it so first come first serve just just stay keep your eyes peeled on my instagram and facebook page
0: so what's it like when you open the door, Sam? I mean, is there a line? What happens?
1: Oftentimes, especially the first day, uh, there is a line. Uh, sometimes I'll be coming in and it says a line. Like I'll start going frantic. <laughs> it's getting crazy. But uh, it's good, man. One of the favorite parts about doing this is I worked in front of the house most of my whole life. I, liked, I like interacting and talking about ice cream and food with people. It's fun to talk. To, I have, have a rapport with most of the, my guests, most of the um, customers that come, I like talking to them. I like meeting new people. Uh, I love talking about ice cream, about what's going on, uh, listening to ideas. It's I just like people, and I like meeting new people, and it, it, the whole thing. It's perfect for me because you know, I always it it captures everything that I saw in what I would be doing with food. It was like I, I get to cook. And I get to share, I get to listen to music all day, and I get to meet all kinds of new people. And uh, nobody's ever upset when they're buying ice cream. (laughs) There's no upset customers. I've never had one yet.
0: Well, I'm so glad that I was able to find you at this particular juncture of your career, because I can hardly wait to see where lousy ice cream is going from here
1: i could hardly wait to see where it's going myself so i have no idea uh it when it feels when you know uh, an opportunity comes up i have kind of been looking at places slowly and patiently i found it's always best to remain patient and just open-minded and, and not just jump on the first thing i work out of blue dot donuts off the back porch right now they're kind enough to have me over here and so far it's working out Um, but I mean this thing is growing and it's growing really fast and uh, like I said I'm just following it and wherever it takes me uh, I'm just as excited to see and I wake up every day excited like you know what's what am I doing today Uh, I love my job Sam Caruso of Lousy Ice
0: Cream speaking to us in his workspace in the back of Blue Dot Donuts in Mid-City, New Orleans. To learn how to get your own quart of Sam's handcrafted ice cream, visit him on Facebook and his Instagram page using the handle at lousy.ice.cream.
2: I'm Jillian Duran, and I'm the owner and ice cream maker at Ram House
0: Ice Cream. Jillian Duran, a self-described art school dropout, found her true medium in food. After the recession,
2: I found myself working in a Mexican restaurant, and I kind of realized, like, I love this. And then I started baking a lot and realizing that it took two things
0: that I love, chemistry and art, and kind of combined them. After a stint in cooking school, she eventually found herself working at the revered Blue Hill at Stone Barns and public, a Michelin-rated Manhattan hotspot.
2: Fine dining, plated desserts was really kind of where I found my niche. Originally cake design and decoration that really appealed to me in school. But I quickly was immersed in this like huge environment where there's so many different facets of what you can do in culinary, not just cooking and not just baking and to really be a pastry chef and to understand plated dessert not only through the composition of flavors but also the composition of color and what it looks like aesthetically but most importantly is to also make it taste good you don't want to deliver on one and then
0: fall through on the other. Jillian uses all of her skills to create a perfect dessert, requiring a careful composition of flavors and colors, something she did last at Maypop here in New Orleans. When Maypop's chef, Michael Galata closed down during the pandemic, Jillian realized her dreams of owning her own business. Take one look at her ROM house Instagram to see Jillian's edible art on display. Jillian, your ice cream is delicious. Thank you. As much as I'm desperately trying to put that pandemic in my rearview mirror, <laughs> a lot of people would have regarded what happened as an adversity, <laughs> but you turned it into an opportunity. You didn't have a
2: job. I didn't have a job. I was just promoted to pastry sous chef, and so I thought, great, I'm going to have this salary. I had um, a summer position that I've held for the past couple of years as a private chef on Long Island. Both of those jobs fell through, so I instantly had no income. And then I kind of left New Orleans for a little bit because I was also houseless. (laughs) Um, And I didn't want to go home to New York because my mother was just scared at that time, the pandemic, the numbers there were really bad and no one knew what was going on. It was new. Um, And so I kind of sought refuge with the only family I have in the South, which is in North Carolina. And I stayed there for two months um, until I received unemployment and then eventually made my way back to New Orleans, got an apartment, got myself settled. And once I was done nesting, I was thinking about the future and the future of my place in the city and the future of the food industry in the city. And I kept seeing people closing and... I just wanted to build something for myself so that I didn't need to rely on an existing system that seemed to be very broken at the time.
0: How did unemployment turn into ice cream? I was
2: fortunate enough to receive New York State unemployment because I'm a part-time resident of both Louisiana and New York. So for the past four years, I think I've been paying taxes in both places because of the summer employment. It was more money than I've ever made in my life. And... I just thought, okay, here's my one shot. Like, here's some money that I can finally put towards something for myself.
0: And you settled on ice cream.
2: Yeah, I decided on ice cream. I got the LLC started. I did the Instagram. Like, without actually even making anything, I was like, I need to get all my ducks in a row. And I reached out to friends who um, work in the food and service industry in social media to say, like, how do I put this out there? How should this brand look? Like, how— do I do this? And they kind of pointed me in the right direction. And then I just made ice cream. I have this little machine at my house that spins about two quarts at a time, it takes forty-five minutes. It's very slow, but great for a home cook. And I've used it many times. And I just was handwriting pints and I just made up these little menus and like typed them up and then posted on our on our Instagram like here you go, free delivery, like we're making ice cream. And I just followed all of my friends, all of my boyfriend's friends, and anyone who was actively also trying to do the same thing in New Orleans. And it just spread like fire. (laughs) Um, And once I kind of got things rolling, I kind of had this like, what am I doing? How am I actually going to do this? And I reached out to Chef Mike and said, hey, you have an empty restaurant. Like, can I use the ice cream machine? And he told me yes. And he told me not only could I use the restaurant, but he would buy the ice cream from me, and I didn't have to pay him rent. And I thought, like, wow, this is incredible and way too nice.
0: So why did you name your business Rom House?
2: Originally, I wanted to call it Bricks House. Um, bricks meaning, like, sugar content. D R I And house, just because it was German and, you know, it's like kind of metal. And then I thought that word's been really played out. Um, I know a lot of places that are called bricks, and I thought it might be too obscure or abstract for some people, like who are not in baking or, you know, (laughs) know about refractometers. (laughs) And so I had a discussion with a good friend of mine, and he just said, what about rum? And I was like, what? And he's like, it means cream. And I was like... Yes, Ram House. Like, and I instantly saw the logo. I instantly was like, it fits my aesthetic. This like all black, kind of metal, you know, kind of thing going on, and it just took off. Is that your mascot on the label? So yeah, our logo is an interpretation of Ram House. What it sounds like in English, so it sounds like Ram House, Um, and so it's a ram looks kind of like a goat but he's supposed to be a ram and he has ice cream horns and then he has like a little cherry on top and sprinkles and whipped cream um (laughs) with a little kind of drooling tongue and above his head you'll notice a crescent and that's for new orleans for the crescent city so you're in the pint business i'm in the pint business also very much in the scoop business now since we've gotten the new cabinet but Um, Currently, we do around 400 pints a week.
0: Wow. So back at the start, how many were you doing? (laughs) Oh,
2: my gosh. I had one freezer that I bought off Facebook Marketplace, and I think maybe like 50 tops on like a good week. And that was hectic because I was doing all the sourcing, the production, delivering all of these things, like trying to put it out there. And And then also taking all of the orders manually, like over the phone. And so... It was a 24-7 <laughs> job. <laughs> and what was that first menu like? Oh, my gosh. It was um, South Carolina peach ice cream. It was the corn, curried corn with blueberry jam. Curried corn? Yeah. Mm. That's a flavor profile from Blue Hill at Stone Barns. It's a Minier D that they used to do. And I was like, no, that's good. Like, I want to do that at ice cream. <laughs> Honestly, I, I kind of was just inspired by what, I had around me. I just started going to farmer's markets around and buying things, which is still what I do. And I don't have a plan. I just kind of grab these ingredients, ask the people who are there what's good, and then I buy them and then figure it out.
0: <laughs> well, that is the most incredible talent that you have because of your flavor combinations. Thank you. They're brilliant. So take us on um, a flight of Romhouse Flavor. So I would say we've grown quite a
2: classic kind of house, like grouping, right? Like our mainstays, even though we release a different menu every week, um, I would say my favorite is the black garlic and honey, which is called the black and gold, of course. Uh, black garlic is insane, and it's so rich and deep in flavor, and it's black because it is cured, um, like almost fermented at low heat, For about six weeks, um, it causes like a a Maillard reaction, which is the caramelization of all the sugars in the garlic. And so that really mellows out that like acid, pungent kind of thing. And you end up with like just a rich caramel taste. And it's incredible and complex.
0: And I use that a lot in a lot of things. (laughs) I tasted it and it is so good. It's really delicious. (laughs) Thank you.
2: (laughs) Um, And what else? What other flavors? So we do an umami milk chocolate. That's a play on like French fries and Frosties, which is like my favorite thing as a child. It is a milk chocolate ice cream. And then it has um, furu, which is fermented tofu, like bean curd. We use that a lot in a Chinese restaurant that I worked at in New York. And I loved the flavor that it brings to things like salt, almost yeasty kind of like warm bread kind of flavor and so that with the milk chocolate is like phenomenal it's very light mm. but it's it's there um thai tea and oreos huge huge flavor um it was just supposed to be a play on cookies and cream um and i thought like how can i make this more interesting and i was like i love thai tea love oreos okay we put them together and people freaked out so that's you know often on our menu
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> and so what has the reaction been
2: um it's been fairly positive and I love that um people often don't know how to pronounce some of the ingredients because I don't shy away from them like I'll just call it you know dobushaan dark chocolate and then people are like what is that and then I kind of like that it's like oh it's this thing and you just ate beans and ice cream and people are like oh that's actually really good and so I think it's fun to be sharing ingredients with people that they haven't had you know, a chance to try anywhere else. And then hopefully they go out to the store and they buy it and they make something with it.
0: I love the way you think and I love the way you create. What are some of the exciting things that you just haven't had a chance to make yet? What are you looking forward to? Everything. I mean, the possibilities with ice cream are endless.
2: That's kind of our idea, like an exploration of ice cream as a medium, uh, a medium meaning like a vessel, like this is a great way to explore different flavor combinations. Ice cream typically has a high sugar and fat content, so that allows us to kind of just, like, pump it full of other things and really explore what ice cream should be now, you know. Mint chip is good. Of course it's good. But, like, let's do something else. Ice cream sandwiches, that's a huge thing for me. Uh, We've done it in the past. The production on that is... A lot. Um, And right now it's only two of us who do all of the production. But yeah, this summer I'm looking forward to doing like a bunch of different ice cream sandwiches and chip witches. Those are huge for me. Those are like one of my favorite. What's that? (laughs) It's just a chocolate chip cookie with ice cream, usually rolled in sprinkles or chocolate chips. And we've done a play on it in the past. um, And I'd like to start offering that regularly, but we'll get there.
0: Well, bravo. I am so tickled that ice cream caused our paths to cross. Yes. And I just can't wait for my next scoop. Yeah, come see us. Thank you, Jillian. Thank you. That was Jillian Duran of Rom House Ice Cream. To taste any of the wonders she's spinning up, you can meet her at the Courtyard Brewery on Camp Street, Romhouse's home base. Or drool at length online at RomhouseIceCream.com. What is Philadelphia style ice cream and how did it get that name? Stay tuned and we'll answer that question when we come right back. I'm Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Louisiana Eats is brought to you with support from Louisiana Fish Fry, breadings, boils, new air fry mixes, and more classic Louisiana dishes available everywhere. Let's all Louisiana. And from the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission, located 40 miles north of New Orleans' French Quarter along the shores of Lake Pontchartrain. This fall includes many outdoor festivals, the weekend Beats and Eats, and upcoming holiday events. The delicious Tammany-taste culinary scene, and abundance of soft adventure attractions are among the many reasons to love the North Shore's charming communities find details on upcoming events, itinerary suggestions and more at louisiananorthshore.com Here's this week's culinary quiz question, brought to you with support from Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. What Is Philadelphia-style ice cream? And how did it get that name? American ice cream is often referred to as Philadelphia-style, a label born out of the 1787 Constitutional Convention, which took place in the city of brotherly love. Founding father Ben Franklin used ice from his storehouse and cream from a neighbor's cow to create what he called creme foie, or cold cream. His idea was revolutionary because Franklin's frozen dessert did not begin with a cooked custard base as they did in France, where he first happened upon the icy confection. Today, most American ice cream is made in the Philadelphia style, as Gillian Duran does at Rom House. Sam Caruso cooks his own custard base for what he calls French-style ice cream. Which is better? You'll have to taste for yourself and let me know. One thing is for sure, any kind of ice cream always makes for some good Louisiana Eats. North Columbia Street in Covington's historic St. John District, Hoodoo Ice Cream has been offering a variety of locally sourced homemade flavors since 2018. When Louisiana Eats visited Hoodoo Ice Cream on a weekday afternoon, owners Billy Suski and George Shank offered us samples of their creations. That's really yummy. That's really yummy. Everything from vanilla and chocolate to almond pistachio, blueberry buttermilk, and bananas foster.
3: We have about 14 flavors. We have about 10 flavors that are always on the menu, and we have four to six flavors that we rotate.
4: If
0: you're not sure where to begin, don't worry. They offer flights of different flavors, just like the flights you might purchase at a brewery.
5: So you get four two-ounce servings which is the equivalent of a double scoop of ice cream.
0: Each flavor of ice cream is made from grass-fed Jersey cow's milk from Mote Progress Milk Barn in Mississippi, Mm. the same makers of Creole cream cheese. In fact, one of the flavors you can try at Hoodoo is their delicious Creole cream cheese ice cream.
3: That was the Creole cream cheese that you actually just tasted. I
0: knew that was Creole cream cheese, and it is perfect because it's complex. It's yeah. got that tartness. It's wonderful. The vanilla- After savoring those samples, we sat down with Billy and George to learn how these two friends became the unlikely owners of an ice cream shop.
3: My name's Billy Susky. I'm a co owner of Hoodoo Ice Cream.
5: I'm a George Schenk, and I'm a co owner of Hoodoo Ice Cream. I had
3: a carpentry business, and um, ice cream was just a hobby. This is just kind of a hobby that got out of control. Put down the hammer and uh, picked up the scoop. And um, George was uh, a chef here in the community.
5: I was um, executive chef at a private country club in the Bitter Springs.
0: <laughs> and so, how did the two of you all come together over an ice cream cone?
3: Well, my daughter is nine years old right now so I guess when she was around five or six years old we were just uh, making ice cream at the house for fun learning the science behind the whole aging process and doing it all in pen and pad and uh, just to balance those butter fats to have that high butter fat and get the right amount of sugar in the ice cream to actually make an ice cream that's scoopable when you freeze it the next day and not turn into some icy mess that um, some people experience we did ice cream at the house for a while and then a this ice cream cart popped up for sale, and um, you ask a six-year-old girl, do you want to make ice cream and sell it at the farmer's market? They're, of course, going to say yes. So that ice cream cart was the catalyst to it all at the farmer's market. After a couple years at the farmer's market, that's when I just took a big plunge and decided to um, call George, and I said, George, won't you uh, quit your job and take a plunge in some ice cream and see if we float?
5: I knew Billy's work ethic, and he was a, a grinder and, and wants to get after it. And, and after just one conversation on what we envisioned, uh, I knew that we could just push each other to go as far as we were uh, wanting to go. And it just made enough sense, and it caused enough people, once I told them about the idea, that they thought we were absolutely crazy that I knew it was going to be the right thing. We got together and kind of did some research and realized that um, there wasn't too much farm-to-table ice cream happening in the South, and we booked a trip out West to do some exploration and came back to Covington and put it all together and on paper.
0: So tell me about what sets your ice cream apart from everyone else's. It's farm-to-table, is it?
3: Yes. From what I've learned along the way, most people make their ice cream with either a liquid mix or a powdered mix, and um, we're actually using the raw ingredients and putting it together from scratch, creating um, a product that I think separates ours from uh, most people out there. So we use um, local blueberries, we use uh, punch tool strawberries, try to source as many of these local ingredients as we can.
0: I'm very curious about your actual manufacturing processes, if there's any of those things you could tell us about.
5: I think it would probably be labeled as Philadelphia style, which uh, doesn't have any eggs or any um, added emulsifiers. And the Mote's cows, the Jersey cows, produce enough butter fat to substitute for the eggs per se and uh, allows for emulsification. But uh, we do allow all of the bases to age a minimum of 12 hours, and that kind of helps um, all the sugar to dissolve and lower the s- melting point of the ice cream. It is um, a little different than the other ice creams, per se, because it is technically alive.
0: George, you're the chef in the pair, so you must be the mad-scienced flavorist. Tell me how you develop the flavors of your ice cream, and are there some of them that are sort of um, wild, harebrained schemes?
5: We collaborate on all the flavors and um, bounce ideas off of each other and... Some of them stick, and some of them shouldn't stick, but still make a uh, an appearance. We did a cardamom and pickled okra ice cream uh, last last fall. <laughs> we had some pregnant um, customers that really enjoyed it, but um, it was frequently sampled out, but it wasn't purchased too much. Um, but it was still fun to play around with.
0: And sometimes you're playing with pepper, so you're playing with fire and ice, huh?
5: Yeah, that's correct. We. Um, We try to utilize some locally made products as well, and uh, one of them happens to be a a pepper jelly, and so we'll pair the seasonal fruit with that same fruited pepper jelly to have a little spicy interaction.
0: That sounds delicious. Now, do you all actually make the cones to order?
5: Um, Well, it's based off a French tool recipe, and um, we started off with a commercial mix right when we first opened, as we were gathering our marbles and getting into the groove of things. and. We quickly knew that uh, we had to make a scratch cone. We just kept playing around with ratios of flour and sugar and eggs, and we came up with something that is uh, light and airy and crispy and has enough structural support to hold a couple scoops of ice cream.
0: Now, tell me about your customers because, you know, an ice cream shop in old downtown Covington, it's so charming. You must have a lot of devoted fans.
5: Yeah, we definitely um, have some, some regulars that come through, and uh, one of the cool things about being in ice cream is that sweets cross all generations and all, all people from all walks of life. So we have a very diverse group of uh, customers that come through, and old and young unite here, and it's really nice to, uh, to be a part of that.
3: Well, it's fun that a lot of these kids... They're going to experience this ice cream shop at such a young age, and then um, as they grow, this is going to be one of these memories that they have. Later in life, they're going to remember going to that ice cream shop and getting those warm cones and um, having this really good experience.
0: That was Billy Susky and George Shank owners of Hoodoo Ice Cream in historic downtown Covington. That's it for this week's edition of Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. The rollicking fun at Tujak's continues this fall with special holiday-themed drag queen brunches taking place on the last Sunday of every month. Reservations are available for November 28th and December 26th. Drag queen brunch is guaranteed to be the perfect antidote to any holiday blues. Learn more by calling the restaurant at 504 525-8676. Five two five eight six seven six. Catch up on previous editions of Louisiana Eats on poppytooker.com, where we have 10 years of Louisiana Eats editions available for pod and webcasting, along with recipes and cooking class videos, too. If you like our show, please rate it on your preferred podcast platform. Louisiana Eats is made possible with major support from Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, Louisiana Fish Fry, Camellia Brand Beans, Crystal Hot Sauce, Rouse's Markets, the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission, and from D'Agostino Pasta. Handcrafted in Louisiana from semolina wheat and air-dried over rods in wooden cellars, D'Agostino Pasta is made just as it's been done in Sicily for centuries. Visit D'AgostinoPasta.com to learn more. Support for Louisiana Eats also comes from Gulf Coast Blenders. For more than 30 years, Gulf Coast Blenders has produced custom spice and dry blends for restaurant concepts across the country. Gulf Coast Blenders, dry ingredient blends with New Orleans roots. To learn more, visit gulfcoastblenders.com. Original theme music composed by David Palmerlow and performed by Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes. Big thanks to senior producer Joe Schreiner, producer and special projects manager Reggie Morris, and producer Blake Longlinet. And to our business manager and social media maven, Maddie Mulladew. Catch up with us anytime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, too. Louisiana Eats is a production of Poppy Tooker Broadcasting.